Hello and welcome to Plattress. This is Lane. This is Meg. And today we are talking about an offer from a gentleman by Julia Quinn. So this book, as I'm sure you all know, was published in 2001 and is the third in the Bridgerton Family series. I have been waiting for this eagerly because from the moment Meg and I began discussing our passion for romance novels and she recommended one of her favorites, Romancing Mr. Bridgerton, book four, she accompanied that with a rant of how much she despises <laughs> this book. I, I remember because I was like, you could, there, I, I give a lot of recommendations and I said, look, I would recommend the Bridgerton series. I said, but skip number three, like skip it. She didn't say skip number one. I didn't say skip number one, which, uh, oversight, I guess. <laughs> um, but it, it, that was before I had reread them. I had read them all once. I had read Romancing Mr. Bridger. I had read a few, quite a few times, because I really, really like them. I still like them. I reread them. For you like five one. and six. I mean, four and five. I love four, five, and six. Four, five, and six. Okay. The best. Um, so this is the last. C, E, and F are the best. So... Uh, let it be said that this is the last time you'll have to hear us trashing the Bridgertons for a yeah. while. Yeah. So again, if you love the Bridgertons, especially if Benedict is like your favorite Bridgerton, oh, just skip this. Turn this off right now um, and go back to loving Benedict because I also there's not a whole lot to spoil here. No. Because the plot's pretty obvious if yeah. you know Cinderella, and all of her secrets are revealed in the first couple chapters. Yeah. They're not a secret from the reader, so. I don't think there's anything we really need to censor. Yeah, agreed. Um, but, so but if you want to be totally spoiler-free, yeah. just spoiler skip this town episode, starts there's, now. There's no way to stop it. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, there's no way to stop it. <laughs> and honestly, the book jacket spoils as much as mm -hmm. there is to spoil. It's true. So that's why I'm just putting this disclaimer out there now. This is one that like, if you really want to read it unspoiled and you're really digging the Bridgertons, stop, stop right now. Don't listen to us. We know nothing. And come back for Romancing Mr. Bridgerton where yeah, come back for it. falls in love on the radio. Um, <sighs> All over again. <laughs> so without further ado, the book jacket. Sophie Beckett never dreamed she'd be able to sneak into Lady Bridgerton's famed masquerade ball or that Prince Charming would be waiting there for her. Though the daughter of an earl, Sophie has been relegated to the role of servant by her disdainful stepmother. But now, spinning in the strong arms of the debonair and devastatingly handsome Benedict Bridgerton, she feels like royalty. Alas, she knows all enchantments must end when the clock strikes midnight. Who was that extraordinary woman? Ever since that magical night, a radiant vision in silver has blinded Benedict to the attractions of any other, except perhaps this alluring and oddly familiar beauty dressed in a housemaid's garb whom he feels compelled to rescue from a most disagreeable situation. He has sworn to find and wed his mystery miss, but this breathtaking maid makes him weak with wanting her. Yet, if he offers her his heart, will Benedict sacrifice his only chance for a fairy tale love? Yeah, I mean, that's basically the book. That's basically it. I don't have huge issues with this. No, I mean, like, that's the best you can do when the entire conflict is mistaken identity. Ugh, I hate this book so much. Um, so, our randomly generated number was a 14. So my 14-word summary is Cinderella, but with more scenes of Cinderella's neglect and a shitty prince. Benedict sucks. <laughs> hey, here's mine. If I keep hounding her, I'm sure she'll be my mistress, thought Bridgerton number two. 
How do you feel about Benedict? I, I, you look, Benedict is like, oh, so here's Benedict's issue. And this is an issue with Julia Quinn's um, Bridgerton heroes, mm -hmm. in my opinion, is that they don't, she created this amazing family that has no angst, right? Right. So the only angst in the family is that the father died young. Right. And she already used that conflict with Anthony. So Who she can't was convinced he was going to die. Right. Lest anyone forget. Right, right. So she can't use that conflict for the rest of the Bridgerton brothers. So what what is the conflict for the Bridgerton brothers? Like I'm not even kidding. For all they're, of them, it's they're too handsome. Yep. Too rich and too charming. Too charming and society kind of mistakes them for each other. That's it. That's it. And so they all feel some angst about distinguishing themselves. Right. So Anthony has no problem because he's the Viscount, so he, Lord Bridgerton. Everyone knows who Lord Bridgerton is. But then the rest of them are like Bridgerton number two, Bridgerton number three, or Bridgerton number seven. But seven isn't really mistaken for He's not really mistaken for anything. Two and three. Basically, it's just Benedict and Colin who might get mistaken for each other once in a while. But... Whereas Colin's like, I just want to travel the world and get out and do my own thing. Benedict is like, I'm going to angst around and be a dick. He's such a, yeah, he's just, he's, it's really, for me, poor little rich kid. You know? What problem do you really have, Benedict? You meet a beautiful woman and you don't know who she is. And then you can't find her. And literally, how long do they spend with each other, Lane? Like an hour. Yeah. And supposedly, Benedict fell in love with her immediately. It was the most intense moment of his life, and he wants to be with her, even though he doesn't know what her name was, where she lives, who her family is. He, I think for me, the big issue is, if you want to do a retelling of Cinderella, do it. Like, do a retelling of Cinderella. That doesn't bother me. Um, but I don't like the other stuff that gets put in this book. So Meg is going to go on a lot of rants about how much Benedict sucks. Benedict sucks. So I think I have to take my criticism of this book from a slightly different angle. And let's counter the fact that Benedict's biggest angst is poor little Grinch kid. With Sophie's angst being like, she is abused. Mm -hmm. She is really mistreated. Yep. It is described in a lot of detail. Mm -hmm. She is unloved, neglected, almost the victim of rape, at the end spends a night in jail. Like she is mistreated by almost everyone in her life. Including and, Benedict. Including FYI. Benedict. Which one, I think the contrast makes you even less sympathetic yep. to Benedict's plight. But second of all, like she is every inch like this book is poverty porn. Yeah. Like her dire circumstances are described in a lot of detail and take up a lot of words and by the result of that she is relatively helpless and that's not to say she's a weak character like clearly she's endured a lot and bounced back and is mm -hmm. still able to hold her head up high but like fundamentally she does need to be rescued from her situation and yeah. I think I'm always going to have a problem when the character doesn't save herself and she didn't have the means to I totally get it she was being thrown under the bus by someone of higher rank she had no access to money she'd been neglected like all that stuff I'm not saying she did wrong by not getting herself out of it. But I just don't love the power Benedict had over her. Mm -hmm. And the fact that he was then also a real meanie. Yeah. Like, it just made it so hard to enjoy anything about this book because you just feel so bad for Sophie. Yeah. And then Benedict's mean to her. Yeah, well, and I, yeah. 
So basically part one, I didn't mind. It was like a total Cinderella setup. Yeah, the first three chapters are Cinderella to yeah. I didn't, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I was interested to see where it was gonna go. I was like, oh cool, this is an interpretation of Cinderella. Yeah. That's like my only thought about the she first She leaves her glove behind, he, he finds it, He's, he actually discovers the correct house for it. But then instead of a nice Cinderella resolution, and it would have been pretty fast, um, obviously. Right. She disappears for how many two years? Two years. Two years. So two years. So like part two is two years later. Two years later. That what? she has lived yeah, she's barely making ends meet in service. So she's in service. She's a housemaid out in the country somewhere. And he has angsted around going to parties and finding where every woman she? in Where is she? Oh, I can't find her. Uh, Benedict. Like, I don't know, do something else with your life. Other, Maybe think, oh, maybe she's not part of the upper 10,000. You know, like expand your search. She never tells him that her father is an earl. She never tells him that her family is in the town. But he finds the crest. He goes to the right house. It never occurs to him when he realizes to, like, that's look definitely a the right little crest. Further. Or even to like knock on the back door and ask the damn housemaid. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There could have been tons of people, servants, who went up in the attic and found some stuff and were, were like, I'm, you know, it's a day I'm going to sneak into Lady Bridgerton's party. Right, or even like, oh, those gloves were given to so-and-so 20 years ago. Like, all sorts of You might want to just ask the question. Yeah. Benedict is, he's a, yeah. He, he's whatever. He's so far up his own ass. So he mopes around for two years looking for her. And can't Going to disgusting parties. Oh, yeah. That's the thing, too. He, so, when does he meet with Sophie again? He goes to a house party at this country estate where she has been working as a housemaid. He decides that he's just not into this party. It, the way it's written, it's, it's not like he's, he doesn't get offended by the house party. He's just well, suffering from ennui. I would have really enjoyed this out of school. Yeah. But I'm 10 years too old to be here. And it's like a place filled with women being used mm -hmm. and tons of debauchery and everyone's wasted out of their mind. Like, it's a shitty place yeah. to be, and he's he doesn't think this is wrong. He thinks I'm bored. Yes, exactly. He thinks I'm bored. So he 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 leaves. He encounters Sophie, who is also has also decided to leave. But why is Sophie leaving? Because the, the master man of the house yes. is trying to rape her. Exactly. And she gets cornered on her way out of the house by said master of the house. Uh, who says, basically, now is the time we're gonna, I'm gonna rape you, and I'm gonna also have two of my friends rape you too. They're so gonna hold you down gang and we're gonna rape take situation. turns. Take turns. Yeah. I, I know you guys are thinking, wow, how romantic. Mm-hmm. And Benedict finds her, and what a stand-up guy, he, he rescues her. I actually have no problems with Benedict rescuing her, Me because either. again, if you encounter some, if you see rape happening, the proper thing to do is to stop the rape. However, I will say two things about this. One, he pretty much thinks he's only rescuing her because he has sisters. Uh -huh. Which, like, once again, Gross. we need to stop talking about sexual assault in the context of every woman has a relationship with a man. The point is their women are people. Right. Um, second thing, he doesn't, like, chastise them for doing Not it. He doesn't all. report that it happened. He nope. doesn't even like warn his sisters to avoid this guy. That 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 was the part that really pissed me off is that he rescues her from this awful situation and instead of thinking, God, I should really do something about the men who did that, mm -hmm. nothing. He's just like, oh, I rescued you, let's go. Yep. Okay. 
<laughs> uh, he's just a jerk to Sophie a lot. He admits to just controlling her and knowing what's best for her and giving her no options. And then like says, I should feel bad about this, but I don't. I'm going to control and dictate your life. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he, but he lets her sleep on a real mattress. So, you know, Prince Charming. Yeah. He rescues her. Well, and here's the thing too, is she immediately recognizes him. Right. He does not recognize her. Right. And why? Because for the stupidest reasons. He's like, oh, no, it can't be the mess beauty. First of all, she's not as curvy. Second of all, she has the same color hair and eyes, but her hair is shorter. Well, he doesn't know her <laughs> eye color. He does say that. That's and true. she even admits her hair color is a little bit different because she powdered it that night. Yeah, but... But he's too dumb to, like... Like, this is a dumb-dumb. He's like, like, am I supposed to expect that all men are just so dumb that they can't... The woman that they are in love with, apparently he can't distinguish because her hair is slightly this shorter is and slightly... This a spoiler, dumb. and I just... We warned you already, so I don't care. He doesn't recognize her as the woman from the mess ball until he sees her wearing a blindfold. Yeah. It's like all it took for him to have this all moment of like recognition is her with her eyes covered. Uh, I just... Eh. Okay. So he rescues her from this party, takes her to his country estate, called, which is also... Which is called My Cottage, which... Whatever. I actually don't hate it. I just, I'm at the point where I hate everything associated with Benedict. Yeah. So I hate the fact that it's called my cottage, but if Colin owned it, I'd probably be like, oh, that's so cute. Right. No, it's, that is not offensive. Move on. <laughs> okay. So they go to my cottage. They get to my cottage and he, it's, we get a little hurt country. Yeah. He gets real sick. He gets really sick and she nurses him back to health. Yes. And then she is like, okay, now I have to go find another situation somewhere. Can you please help me get to Yorkshire or Scotland? In other words, not London. She doesn't want to go back to London because her stepmother will recognize, recognize her. her and be a horrible person. Right. So Benedict is like, nope, you're coming with me to London. You're going to live with my mom. I don't get it. He like blackmails her. Yes. So basically, Benedict thinks she's real hot. He wants her to be his mistress. He asks her to be his mistress, and she says no. She says, no, can you please help me get to Scotland? Nope, can't do that. You're going to come work for my mom, and then I'm going to seduce my mother's servant. Mm -hmm. The entire reason he wants her to come to London is so he can keep badgering her mm -hmm. to have sex. Mm -hmm. That's the reason. And he literally blackmails her. He says, if you don't come with me to London, then I'm going to call the magistrate and say that you stole from me. Yep. He threatens her with a fake accusation of theft. Yes. How romantic. And she says, you blackmail me. He said, well, it's not blackmail. It's coercion. Well, I was like, well, thank you. Thank well, you, first, That's the second time. The first time she says, you kidnapped me. And he said, it's not kidnapping. It's blackmail. And then the second time, she throws his words at him and says, you blackmailed me. And he says, it's not blackmail, it's coercion. So he can't even be consistent with his own shitty behavior. It's like real, real shitty. Um, she's very controlling, very domineering. Uh, he punishes her. Mm -hmm. So when she says she doesn't want to be his mistress, then he, he is like mean to her. And let's not even get to when they finally hook up. She has just experienced profound emotional distress. Yes. And it starts with him comforting her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then it turns into everything getting out of control. And she's not, like, actively consenting. No, she does not actively consent. She doesn't say no. And then when it's over, he's like, okay, so I'm, I'll go. I'll send a maid to, to your house and get your stuff, and I'll install you in a house. And she's like, uh, no, I never said that I would be your mistress. I'm going back. Also, he asks her, and this is, like, one of the things I hate the most. And I know I wouldn't hate it if I liked the guy, and I just, I'm recognizing that I'm a hypocrite, but I'm going to say it anyway. He says to her, you, if you're going to stop me at all, it has to be right now. 
Yeah. And she says, please, or something to that effect. It's not a yes, but it's like a, it's, it's consent. It's assent. <laughs> it's assent. But, like, he was I hate very that. that if she said no after yeah. that, she, he was not going to be reciprocated. Yeah, like, the point of just, no return. Like, whatever. I get that, like, I've seen that happen in a book where a guy says that and then does stop anyway. So, like, fine, whatever. Maybe he would have. But he's just such a dickhead. You don't believe it. No. you. That's the thing. It's like, he's already lied to her about so many things. That yes. How can you actually believe him? I don't know. So, he fi- he figures out, when he figures out that she was the mystery woman from two years ago, what does he do? He yells at her. He, gets, he, he doesn't, like, give her a big hug and say, oh, my God, thank God it was you all along. And the thing no is, wonder he's I've decided to propose. Mm-hmm. And, like, willing to lose a standing in society, he's in love with this woman. He doesn't say, man, my only conflict that maybe I loved two women is now gone. I only love one woman. It's so he awesome that, I, that you're the same you person. You lying, deceitful wench. You lying bitch. I'm never talking to you again. Goodbye. Who's the one who's lied the whole time? Benedict. Has Sophie ever lied to him? She, she's lied to him about her identity. That is, that is all. Well, it's a lie of omission. Not really. She told him her name is Sophie Beckett. She told him she's now in service and that she's mm-hmm. been in service since she was 14. Mm-hmm. She lies about the fa- like her parents, but right. whatever. She just doesn't tell him she was the Max woman, which, like, frankly, it's not her job to tell him. No, exactly. I totally understand why she wouldn't have told him. I'm going to be honest, if you had this life-changing moment with, with somebody two years ago, life-changing, you think they're the love of your life, yeah. and you meet them again and they don't recognize you, I probably wouldn't be like, oh yeah, I remember that night that I found so profound and you probably forgot. And not only that, she recognizes that she put herself in a position of vulnerability, mm-hmm. admitting that she was a servant who he's already successfully seduced. Mm-hmm. He has no sympathy, no understanding, no internal reflection. Yeah. Why does he propose to her? Do you know why he proposes to her? Because Colin tells him. He goes and has a little... Meg needs to talk about Colin. He has a sword fight with Colin. They fence, which I'm not against. Um, And then as a part of their sword, because Benedict is not... He's not winning because he's just in a bad temper. They're also practicing. They're not actually trying to hurt each other. Yeah, but Benedict is like... Like bashing away. Anyways, not winning. And Colin's like, dude, how come you're... Sucking. Yeah, how come you're such a jerk today? And he's like, well, I finally figured out who that woman was. And I was... She... We are very attracted to each other. And I really love her. And she loves me too. But she lied to me. And Colin's like, dude, go ask her to marry you, stupid dumb dumb and then it's like okay and he runs away and goes to propose well so who is the matchmaker colin colin them for like practically all of them like actually who is the nice guy and i mean nice guy in the best possible way who is the nice brother when when simon and anthony are going to have their duel about daphne in the first book Colin. colin okay who is the one who asks Kate to play Paul Mall? Which also was the best part of the book in Viscount Who Loved Me. Yes, that's true. That Colin. would be Colin. <laughs> <laughs> um, who uh, makes Benedict realize that he's being a real stupid dumb butt and he should go propose to Sophie? Colin. Colin. And then also in this book, so the only reason to read this book is there's a scene with Colin, Benedict, and Anthony on the front steps of Violet Bridgerton's house. And they're talking the way men talk, right? They're having this little banter. 
back and forth. The boys are always making fun of their mother for playing matchmaker. Yeah, and so are the girls, actually. The yeah. girls do, too. So this is, it's actually very, again, the best part of these books is the, the family. Yes. The Bridgerton family. And I think, come to think of it, this is probably the only part of the book where the family, it's like a family dynamic. There's no Sophie in it. Right. You know, it's just the it's just the three brothers, really. Mm-hmm. And they're talking, and Colin is like, and now mom wants me to marry Penelope Featherington. I can't believe she did it. If I'm going to marry anyone, it's not Penelope Featherington. And who should open the door at that exact moment to hear those words? Penelope. Penelope. It, it's a, I actually think it's a really great moment, and obviously it sets up the next book, the best book in the series, <laughs> Romancing Mr. Bridgerton. <laughs> And Meg, Meg likes Colin. Yeah. Also, did you notice that he covered for Benedict and he danced with Penelope? <laughs> I did notice that, Meg. At the masquerade ball? I did notice. Because Benedict was supposed to dance with Penelope, but he totally drops her like a hot potato when he sees um, this Sophie. masked woman, Sophie, walk in. Yep. And Colin is like, all right, well, you go hang out with this hot woman who, whatever, I'll go dance with Penelope for you. In other words, Colin is the best developer of every single Bridgerton brother. And obviously, I would want to marry Colin. Okay. I mean, who would you... Look, of all the brothers... Well, I haven't read Gregory's book yet. So, I would pick Colin over Anthony, who thinks he's going to die, and Benedict, who is a dick. Yeah, but, like, there's no competition. (laughs) (laughs) It's very true. It's very true. And then, actually, future spoiler alert. So, here's an actual spoiler alert. If you don't care about spoiling this book, but you don't want to spoil, like, future books, jump ahead 30 seconds. He also is really great in To Sir Philip With Love, and he is the best in when he was wicked. Okay, that's there are no spoilers there other than he appears in the books, Mick, and these are books about his family. Anyway, <laughs> he, he does a really good. It's it's really great. Okay, I'm um, excited. I'm excited. Like okay, offensiveness. Uh, I we've already been there, but look, child abuse. Yep. Gang rape. Yeah. Does he help out with the gang rape? No. No. Uh, he blackmails her. Oh yeah, blackmail. Okay, this might be my least favorite of all the tropes in this book. Mm-hmm. Good bloodline shine through. Oh God, I know, right? So while Sophie is, she's an illegitimate daughter of an earl, but mm-hmm. she is an earl's daughter, and she was brought up to be a lady. And even though now she's living with a servant, everything about her manner and her bearing and her personality proves she's a true lady. Yeah. Whereas her stepmother, who is a d- dowager countess, was not noble by birth, and her shitty breeding, yeah, really does come through. I just, I hate the. Well, you know, blood begets blood. Yeah, this is a sinister moment in the Bridgerton book, so it's a little weird. But you know where the the families are crossing streams? Yeah, they should not do that. We can take, we can handle this in sinister world. This is Bridgerton world. Bridgerton world needs to not be this fucking elitist. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like add it to another box of reason Benedict pisses me off. Like it matters to him that she's an Earl's daughter. I know. Oh, exactly. Like when she's a servant, he's like, I can't propose to her. Eh, eh, eh. When it turns out that she's an Earl's daughter, he's like, oh, it's not as bad as I thought after all. And like, maybe he would have proposed without it, but it was just, it's really gross to me The, Well, you know, her father might've been distant, but he was an Earl. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, why does he need to get her to London? So we can continue to pressure her into sex. Yeah, so it's uh, sexual coercion. Uh, really great. Of course, then he turns, like well, like we said, turns into like Mr. Hairsplitter, which is also 
like the third worst kind of man in the world after rapists and murderers. All of these are very sexy. Um, he also will not take no for an answer, which is hot. Yeah, he knows that she doesn't want to be his mistress, so he just keeps trying to persuade her. And he like, he uses the words, persuade her. I'm just going to persuade you. And I'm like, oh. He's super gross. He apologizes to her in the end, but it's all very too little too late. Oh, it's way too little too late. Look, his, he has acknowledged himself that he loves her. His mother is throwing them together. Yep. Yeah. Um, here's the other thing, and this is a criticism of the whole Bridgerton family. Oh, yeah. This is the other thing I hate about this book, is it makes me like Violet less. Yeah. Because I love Violet Bridgerton. She's probably, she and Colin are my number one characters. You know, like, Violet is great. She is. But She's been amazing since the first book. And look, ultimately, is does Violet help Sophie get what Sophie wants? Yes. But she also... Sophie was left a dowry by her father mm -hmm. that her evil stepmother hid from her and in all likelihood spent. And rather than demanding that they find a way to get Sophie's money for Sophie, they use the fact that her stepmother has likely embezzled her funds to blackmail the stepmother into not interfering in Sophie's life and just don't worry about getting her money. Right? But at this point, Sophie has done nothing wrong. The, the stepmother has nothing on Sophie. Right. She, she has nothing to blackmail her about, nothing, absolutely nothing. Get her money. Take Araminta to court, make her sell her freaking townhouse and all of her belongings and all of her dresses and give the money to Sophie. Yes. Like, I'm sorry, I cannot, I cannot believe that Violet Br Bridgerton betrayed me this way. Yeah. I was like very disappointed. She takes it very seriously. Another reason to skip this book. Meg, was this book sexy? No, it wasn't even sexy. Like we talked about a novella that we didn't love, but did find very sexy. This book's not sexy. No, no. So first of all, as we mentioned, their first time she's in distress and not super consenting. Yeah. Um, they then hook up in a tub. <laughs> so I call this the, what do I call it? The, the traditional morning after bathtub defloration scene. Right? But this is pre, it's not morning after. It's not morning after. This is the, it's, I've just been in jail that's and right, you that's smell right. good totally before dirty. you but have yeah. sex with me. Yeah, but it just made me, look, I'm sorry. If you're going to write a historical bathtub sex scene, talk to Lisa Kleypas. She can give you some pointers. Yes. All I'm saying. Basically, I was not excited for these two people to touch each other. I am not excited about sex where one of the participants already regrets it before it starts. Ooh, that's interesting. <laughs> Weird. Weird. I was going to say, is it all that? Is it all that interesting? That was sarcastic. Um, yeah, Meg really did cover the bulk of these notes, so I just want to give her credit because her passion for trashing this novel is really unparalleled. Yeah, because uh, I was like, oh, well, I'll reread it because at least there's that one scene with Colin. <laughs> Which is also <laughs> excerpted almost in its entirety in Romancing Mr. Bridgerton. But it's from a different viewpoint, so I was like, oh, well, this will be, be nice. Like this, that, that, honestly, that was like how I got myself That's to reread like this book. one page. I know, it's really, I know. I was very disappointed at how short it was, too. <sighs> but, oh, who tells Colin he should travel? Penelope. Just saying. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm very excited about Romancing Mr. Bridgerton. All right. Um, this book, the only reason to read this book is that scene, and you do not 
need it. I would probably recommend skipping this one. Yeah. It's, there's not enough good Bridgerton dynamic, which yeah. has been the strength of the previous two. Yeah. Well, in the first two, there were aspects that we didn't like, but, but the Bridgertons were great. Yeah. This one, there's really just not much and to it. And it brings Violet down. Yeah. It drags her down a little, which is very, very disappointing because she's, she's just so amazing. She's great. So, um, don't read it. <laughs> But keep listening to our podcast. Yeah. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. And as a special Christmas treat, we are going to be doing a second Bridgerton this month. So stay tuned for the next episode where Meg will get to rave about Colin to her heart's content yes. in his book, Romancing Mr. Bridgerton. Yes, you, you probably realized we said we were going to do one a, one a month until we're done, but we didn't do one in November. And that's because it was Benedict's and we thought maybe we should just do two in one week. So that way, if you love, love, love the Bridgertons and... Didn't get a good Bridgerton. Yeah. So next episode will be romancing Mr. Bridgerton, so which we do recommend. Forward. So yes. the trashing of the Bridgertons is suspended for the suspended. time being. <laughs> That's my judge's gavel suspending the session. Session. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Happy holidays.